I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the top contenders across all acting categories. It is such a bountiful list. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing a little bit of a game show today. So, you know, get your hands on the buzzers. (laughs) That's right. And you're also going to hear a snippet of Dominic's conversation with the cast and creator behind Harlem. But before we go there, we're going to go into the acting categories. Now, let's play a little game. I'm going to go once. You're going to go once. Mr. Hammond, it is you are up first. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Correct oh. answer is uh, Zendaya for Euphoria because she won two years ago. They love to repeat. Now that was kind of a surprise. That might have been first time out, and you know there were a lot of heavyweights against her, so uh, it might have just been the accounting here, and she was the uh, last one standing. But she is terrific in that show. It's getting progressively darker, and uh, finally, she wasn't eligible last year. She's back with season two, and there's a lot of buzz for Zendaya. So I think uh, she may be the one to beat. I don't know. But Laura Linney. Well, I was going to say Laura Linney. I think Laura Linney and Mandy Moore might be strong contenders. Both last seasons. So Always it's a good their last chance. Mandy Moore, you know, I know you're, you're, you're behind This Is Us with a whole bunch of theories. No, my, my, look, my This Is Us thing is very simple, which is you yeah. pointed out final season, you know, multiple winner on in other in other categories. Um, in terms of, and especially kind of one of the only network shows that was swinging any muscle for the past few years. Right. And the Emmys is on NBC. It's kind well, of a <laughs> it may be on NBC, but I don't think voters think that way. Um, oh, but Emmy voters think many more. <laughs> I don't think Emmy voters. All right. So, so I don't I, think I, they I think, think sometimes, now. Dominic. I really don't, because sometimes they just check off whoever they've voted for before. Don't look at the new ones. Laura Linney has won four Emmys. So, you know, she is a favorite uh, among the uh, voters out there, the actors. And remember, it's actors voting yeah. for actors. And uh, Laura Linney, final chance for uh, Ozark. Um, you know okay, who now, might... now, now you have to throw a category at me, my friend. That's the way the game works. Uh, okay, but I was just going to say Melanie Linsky. Look out for her. Uh, she's well-liked. She's also in the uh, uh, limited series Candy, so they've seen her in different stuff here. Yellow Jackets, uh, you know, is a is a show that's gaining... But, but here's the thing I think about Yellow Jackets is I think that Yellow Jackets might actually counter itself out with Juliette Lewis, who also I think is a pretty strong contender in this category, so they might actually split their own vote. That, that could be, you know, and don't forget, it's also the last season of uh, Killing Eve. And you've got Jodie Comer, another former winner before Zendaya. She won the year before that. She's back. Sandra O's never won. And she's had numerous nominations, all kinds of interesting people there uh, to think about. And Jennifer Aniston, who uh, was nominated for Morning Show, could be back there as well. Now, I'm going to throw out the opposite of the actress and give you the actor drama series. Who do you think they're going to go for? Hmm. Well. Well. <laughs> you have to think about this? I do, because, because, because my heart and my head are telling me two different names. Okay. My, my head is telling me Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Okay. For two reasons that you just mentioned. Past winner, people check off a name they know, esteemed, acclaimed actor, and final season of This Is Us. My heart 
similar reason, final season, kind of, <laughs> as Bob Odenkirk. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I, <laughs> I'm hoping for Bob Odenkirk. For God's sake, the man had a heart attack in the making of this. I know. That, the that, series. That's suffering for your art, my friend. He is fantastic in this show. And just to come back and get it done after that traumatic moment and do it as well as they've done. I think Odenkirk's a real contender here. But you haven't mentioned Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong, past winner Jeremy Strong. Well, again, here. I think Succession has the issue that when we just talked about with Yellow Jacket, which I think it has a very, in a, in a very, very strong category this year. I mean, all years are strong, but I actually do think this year has a little bit more muscle behind it. I yeah. think that they, that they run the risk of splitting their own vote. And well, they ran that before and Jeremy Strong won. I don't know. I thought he was a little, you know, maybe over the top with his storyline this time that they may feel like we've done it. Because, There's not really any over the top part. of No, because the, they're great. They're, they're great. The newcomer here and watch out for him. Won the SAG Award is Lee Jung Jai. And that is from Squid Game. That, that's very true. And I, I could... I actually, you know, it's interesting you point that out because I could actually see him in a way coming up the middle, playing kind of a squid game tra strategy, actually. Coming up the middle and being the only survivor at the end. I could see that, actually. I really I could. I could see that, too. And here's another interesting thing. Ignored for the first few seasons, uh, Yellowstone, of course, uh, but Kevin Costner uh, mm. might might factor into this race finally this year. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, everyone thinks Yellowstone's going to come up, I think, and get nominated finally. They may not. The Academy may continue ignoring it, despite the fact it's the most popular show on television, it seems. And uh, certainly one of them. Certainly yeah. One of them. <laughs> so could Kevin Costner, who's won an Emmy, by the way, he won for the Hatfields and the McCoys, um, which surprised me at the time that he yeah, won that. I could see that. I could de I could definitely see that. And I think also, you know, Yellowstone does play into, it plays into some of the political currents of the time. So I could see that. Okay. So now I'm going to come back to you, my friend. Your category is outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Ah, comedy. Okay. Jean Smart. Come on. Um, she won last year. I just finished watching the whole season uh, again this year. It's just a great character. Sometimes it comes down to that. Academy voters love to repeat. I mean, let's look at it here. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus won what? Six times in a row. Um, uh, uh, you know, our friend uh, 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 Candace Bergen won five times in a row. This is uh, Gene Smart's won Emmys in the past, but this is only the first one for Hacks, the role of her career, I think, right now. I'm not, I mean, look, I think there's some very strong contenders. I think I, I think Rachel from The Marvelous Ms. Maisel. I think Selena Gomez with Only Murders in the Building. Tracy Ellis Ross. I'm trying to think who else. Her last chance uh, in, in this category, for sure been nominated five times uh previously um you know also what about Issa Rae you know this is the last year for Insecure too you know uh, you know I I mean I think that I think it it's daylight robbery if Issa is not nominated for sure um and you know unlike unlike a lot of shows actually and this is me putting my tv critic hat distinctly on Insecure had a very strong final season Okay. Some people try to, but what generally, I find at least, 
what happens a lot with final seasons that you know are coming, not the cancellations, but the ones you know are coming, there is a strong start and usually a pretty strong end. And then there's kind of a lot of kind of wading through the, the water puddles in the middle. Insecure right. was very strong throughout. It was, it was on a trajectory and it was evolutionary in terms of the character and in terms of the show itself. So I think that is very strong. Um, I also think um, Abbott Elementary. Oh, well, that's uh, Kate Brunson who created it. So, yeah. and I think, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot through this particular award season. You know, I'm never quite, the death of broadcast networks in terms of Emmy contenders may or may not be overrated, but there does seem to be this year to at least be some, some good contenders. And certainly Abbott Elementary has proven to be one that broke through all the clutter. That's true. I'd also like to see uh, in their final year, uh, Lily Tomlin, who has gotten nominated a few times, and Jane Fonda, both of them. And Grace I, I and Frankie. Took Grace and Frankie out uh, in style. Um, you know, we'll see. There's only so many slots here uh, for that. Pamela Adlin also, final season. That's a, that, that, is, that is the luxury and the problem. Is yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of strong contenders here, a lot of strong shows. And you know, to your, your greater point, and I, I bang on this drum all the time, a lot of exits, a lot of final seasons. And that really, I do think that captures people's attention. All right, my friend, okay. it's your turn to roll. Okay, up. well, you know, I've got to go for a comedy actor here, uh, you know, and you're going to say Jason Sudeikis, and that's going to be it, right? I am not going to say Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> I am actually, I'm going to, I'm going to... <laughs> And I know that, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to this podcast, but let me tell you, both Peter and I are sitting down. Yes. And I'm going to tell you that I have a tie. For this oh, week. okay. All right. A three-way tie. Oh. And I, 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 have, I have thought about this a lot, and I don't know how to resolve it. And when you hear my selections, one of them you will go, well, of course he likes that show. I read his review of it. Of course he's going to say that. The other you're going to say, well, of course he's going to say that one because I love that show. <laughs> and the third one you're not going to believe, I believe. And I will tell you what they are. Okay. Donald Glover for Atlanta, Bill Hader for Barry, and Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building. I love Martin Short. I thought they were going to go for supporting for him, but he's in the lead category. Yeah. Which, and Steve also Martin. Steve Martin is going to be as well. And again, this, there's a split the vote strategy, but I feel like Ted Lasso got so much glory, and we're kind of, you know, they're between the, between the, the second and third season right now. There's so much glory that there will be a distinct feeling of let's spread the wealth a little bit. And I'm not talking Bernie Sanders style. So no. I feel like Martin Short is a legend, is a man who has done everything, played everything, and can do everyone's voice for that matter. <laughs> and, and he led that gang with Steve Martin and Selena Gomez in Only Murders in Building, which I was not a big fan of, but I did rewatch some of it not too long ago. And I realized once again, the genius from SCTV to SNL to everywhere else, the genius of Martin Short. Oh, he's he's great. He did. Uh, I I did an actor's side with him. Yeah, he's I know. So he's great. So much, so much fun to talk to, and uh, is great in everything he does. So I can't argue with any of those. I think they'll all be nominated. I guess Donald Glover, but um, uh, you know, with Atlanta coming back, it's been off for what three years or oh, something. Yeah. It's been a long time. So we don't know. 
if the Academy love for it is going to be on the same level it was when it started on the air. I'm not sure, but Barry was daring as hell. And Bill Hader, um, I do think, will will definitely be in there. And Anthony Anderson has been nominated every year of Blackish. There's no reason to believe he will not be again. But whether eight years, finally, they do that kind of thing, you know, all right, it's time time for him. I tend to doubt that they think that way necessarily. Uh, I love Larry David. Uh, you know, I know he's doing Larry David, but he makes me laugh. I would like to see him in this. Uh, I'd like to see him and that show anywhere I can. So, All right. Uh, so, my friend, you are up for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. Oh, God. You know, are we really going to go there? Uh, I... I, <laughs> I uh, Supporting series. Uh, well, let's see who uh, we like. Uh, that I, I will tell you, as a part of this game, you can have a lifeline and you can okay. send it back to me if you want. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I, I, I'm going to say Billy Crudup again because I thought he had a great year with the morning show. Uh, I think he's actually a lead. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I find that, too. I, I agree with you on that one. This, uh, I think that there's a little bit of confusion baked into this because of that. Yes. So, I, I, you know, but I do see him um, uh, getting in there and, uh, you know, any number of others uh, that could creep in. Um, but Jonathan it, Banks, my friend. Do not count out Jonathan Banks. Well, I love I love everybody on Better Call Saul. So, you know, that's it. There's so many possibilities you can get once you get into the supporting categories of all of these shows. You know, uh, I, I uh, what about comedy? Who do you think uh, is supporting uh, there that you think is going to be a standout? There? No, I mean... I think the Saturday Night Live people. To come back to the Ted Lasso, or to lasso up Ted Lasso, I uh, do you think Brett Goldstein... Uh, I know they had like four of them last year. Yeah, I do think that. I think Henry Winkler for Barry again. Like, I feel like there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a, a redux happening in that particular category. Tony Shalab again. I mean, a lot. I, I don't. I. I. Yeah. Yeah. It. Maybe. It, it, may. I, I. Because you're so strong on it, and I certainly have nothing to argue with you about it when it comes to Gene Smart. Maybe Paul W. Downs for Hacks. You know, because um, the other actor uh, who plays, uh, you know, in that show, Hacks, um, got nominated uh, last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, but Paul, obviously, as a co-creator and uh, writer, he did win an Emmy uh, behind the scenes. I was watching him actually in the last episode. He's great. He's yeah. great as an actor. I was thinking that watching it, maybe Paul W. Downs's moment uh, yeah. is coming this year. Because there's a there's a confidence that I feel that that he you know look he, he his role on that show is is so hyphenated. Right. But there's a confidence in his performance this season and an evolution. It's an overused term, but I'm going to grab it right now. Yeah. An evolution that I feel is really distinct there. And I also feel you might disagree on this. And we have obviously some agreement and some arguments about what really pulls people which way of this. But I've always often thought that there's what I would call Emmy spillover. And right. If there's a lot of love for Gene, there might be spillover love for Paul. There you could know, be, you know, because they're, they're watching it. And the more you watch, the more you have a show that people are watching in big numbers and other categories, they're going to start noticing here. I do think that show is probably even coming more into its own 
this year and being a real threat to Ted Lasso uh, here uh, in, in terms of that. Um, before we uh, go on to other things, we should mention limited series, which is so crowded uh, with great so performance. So let's, let, let's just do it. Outstanding lead actors in a limited series or movie, my friend. Okay, well, uh, Amanda Seyfried uh, in The Dropout, uh, Margaret. I, I, I would say we're done. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I would. I, and there's so many. I mean, look, no one can take away from Lily James and Margaret. Oh, Lillian my God. And Lily Collette and Jessica Justine. But this belongs to Amanda as Elizabeth Holmes. It simply yeah. does. Well, you know, and I also think. Um, I thought Julia Roberts was really good as Martha Mitchell. And I think playing someone that's real, playing out of your comfort zone, as she did there, yeah. uh, was very impressive. Uh, and, and I think uh, she will possibly get in, uh, not just because she's Julia Roberts, but there's that. No, that's and, not a bad thing. No, and you know, the Emmys tend to she be was, and look, By the way, I 1,000% agree with Peter. Julia Roberts was fantastic as Great. Martha, uh, Margaret, Martha Mitchell. And Great. what I really found impressive is the way that her and Sean Penn, Sean Penn paid former Attorney General John Mitchell, their interaction in a strong series that taught you a whole new way of looking at Watergate, they were just simply astounding together. Yeah. And let's look at the Emmys often like to say, hey, we're just like the Oscars. They love what the Oscars do. So they, they think, oh, they've come to television. Don't discount recent Oscar winners, uh, including Jessica Chastain in Scenes yeah. from a Marriage, Renee Zellweger in The Thing About Pam, and Hathaway in We Crash. They do like these Oscar-winning stars who come in and go into the, the, this category, so. Okay, so let's, we're gonna, we gotta, we're gonna move on to a little bit of my conversation with the creator and cast of Har Amazon's Harlem in a minute, but as our very last, last, that category. Gotta be actor, limited series. Well, I think it's my man, Michael Keaton. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I, wa I, I want to get, and before, as we praise together, Michael Keaton, which we'll do, a lot of love for Sam Elliott in 1883, a lot of love for Colin Firth in The Staircase, Oscar Isaac in Scenes for a Marriage, and certainly Andrew Garfield for Under the Banner of Heaven, and Sebastian Stan for, for uh, Pam and Tommy, but this belongs to a an actor who I think, and this man played Batman, dude. And yes, he this did. is the role of his career. Yes. And I do think you didn't mention, uh, but and it depends if they actually see it, because you know, in the limited series, it's dominated by limited series, but occasionally a movie comes along. And the movie is the survivor. And the actor is Ben Foster, who did one of those performances that actors, and again it's actors voting here are really go for, which is losing the weight, putting on the weight, playing a concentration camp victim, playing a fighter, playing a man who, who comes out of that. It's a very strong role. Uh, so don't discount that, even though it's odds are tough for those in the movie, you know, single movies versus these limited series. I think you should have also mentioned, I really like Jared Leto in We Crashed. I thought he did a great job. That move, that whole series, is, I think it's a hoot. You and uh, I differ yeah. there, my friend. Okay, and Sean Penn, Sean Penn, under all that makeup as John Mitchell, don't discount that actors really fall for that kind of thing. And he was, No, I, you're right on that one. You're right on that. <laughs> the, 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 the body transformation is always a winning ticket. Right. On another level, we want to talk about cultural transformation. And to that, we're talking, we're going to have a clip today 
from my conversation at our recent Contenders TV event on the Paramount lot with the creator and primary cast of Amp Prime Videos Harlem, which debuted on the stream on December 3rd last year and has been renewed earlier this year for a very, very well-deserved second season. This Tracy Oliver-created comedy series with a very strong point of view turns its focus onto the lives of four 30-something single women and friends in that great New York neighborhood. Take a listen to my comment. Everyone has talked about what I'm going to just term as collaboration. And Grace, Grace talked about it very, very profoundly just now. For you as a writer, how, do you, how does that process work for you? With talking to your, your cast, talking to the situations. And if you don't mind me asking, also talking to, because clearly like everyone else, Harlem got hit by the COVID lockdowns and the shutdowns. I think, I believe you guys were like two episodes in when shutdown happened. So... How did that affect that? And how did that, with all of you guys, were there stories you came back with and like, you know, I think this has happened. To, and especially Harlem, because Harlem as a neighborhood dealt with things a little different. Harlem is an exterior neighborhood in many ways. And so people were out. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I, I guess- Sorry, longest question in history. <laughs> to answer the first question, I always think of writing and the relationship with actors as a collaboration, because it has to be. Like, I don't ever want to dictate exactly what's on the page. And so I look at it as, like, this is a guideline. And then I talk to you guys, and I'm like, what resonates? What should we hone in on? And people always bring something cool that you didn't even realize you were going to have. And I always try to keep an open mind, even with, like, casting and stuff, because you just, like, I'll be honest, I didn't know what the cast was going to look like. You know, I didn't write, okay, this person needs to be tall, this person needs to be this complexion or anything. And then when I saw the four of them read together, and I, and like... <laughs> <laughs> and like what If this was on, if you were watching this on the live stream right now, there was like subtitles like, totally. <laughs> yeah. It just, and you know, Shaniqua touched on this, but I was like, we get the rainbow here. This is kind of amazing. And it's important to me. You gotta have dark skin, you gotta have different body types, you gotta have, you know, different sexuality. I was like, everything needs to be diverse, but I didn't plan this. So this was like kind of an amazing thing to happen. And then I just kind of evolved with them, if that makes sense. So I started tailoring it to their strengths and who they are as people. And as far as the COVID of it, I mean, it was pretty shocking. I mean, because <laughs> it happened to us in real time. And I remember you and me and Whoopi were in this brownstone, and we were hotboxed in this brownstone. We had, like, it was a small Harlem brownstone. It was, like, 100 people in there. And everyone's on their phone reading about this COVID thing that's taking people out in New York. And I was like, I feel really unsafe. <laughs> but but I, I don't know. And then I remember Whoopi comes and she goes, girl, I'm old. Should we call this? And I, and, I, and, I, and I was like, I don't want to kill Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to call the studio. I don't want to be the girl that killed Whoopi Goldberg. She's an icon. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a call. And so I'm calling Universal and I'm like, 
I don't want to kill Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I was like, what are we doing here? And they were just like scrambling to figure it out. And so eventually by the end of that day, it was like, okay, we're going to shut down for two weeks and then we're going to come back. So we all stayed in New York and we were just gearing up for the two weeks. But I'm watching the news and I'm like, y'all, we might have to go back home. This is crazy. And so, yeah, we went back home to, I actually ended up staying in New York. I think Jerry did too. Um, and I wrote out the thing in New York because I had just closed the lease on this apartment but um, that I was on the hook for. And anyway, <laughs> um, we didn't know if we were ever going to finish the show. So that was something that we all had to, to deal with. But Amazon was like, we're going to play it by ear. And they had canceled another show that had started production. So I was like, of course, the minute Harlem gets picked up, it gets canceled. So I was just praying. But... You know. Power of prayer works, especially on a Sunday. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> now, to that, um, I mentioned in the intro, massive congrats, season two. Yay. Yeah. That's how you declare victory in television. Uh, Tracy, so what are some of the elements? Give us a sense, no spoilers, obviously, but give us a sense of how for you, did you have you planned out the show season, season, season? Do you have an idea like this is where it goes and this is where it ends? Or how does the evolution go from season one to season two? No, I wish I was like Shonda. <laughs> said, I don't know how, because the show's been on like 20 years, but she's like, I know the, the exact like final scene of Grey's and I'm like, really? Um, I, I know too, it's in a hospital. Okay, yes, <laughs> yes. And Meredith Grey's probably gonna be, <laughs> that's about what I know. But um, no, I, I think I'm kind of random in the sense of I like to watch what they do and see what works, see what the audience responds to. So I'm a little fluid with it. So the ladies of Harlem are incredible. If you haven't seen the show on, on Prime Video, you have to see it again. Second season coming. I'm not going to tell you, no spoilers, but it's going to get better, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for also getting better for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Make sure you always subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify so you never miss a single episode. And of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. And my friends, let's be clear, voting is on. Thank you for listening in. Tomorrow, June 17th, get your ballots out. Boom. We'll talk to you next week.